Well, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I've been off the air for a while due to a lot of personal circumstances in trying to get things done. We've had a lot of things happen in the world. We've got the war in Ukraine, and we've got NATO putting forth military equipment for Ukraine to defend itself against Russia. The scary part is we don't know what the devil uh, Putin's going to do. And it certainly, I hope he doesn't go to nuclear war because there won't be a lot of us around to talk to each other and enjoy the fruits of our lives and what's going on. But anyways, tonight I would like to present to you in my podcast a history of the values over with both the Democrats and the Republicans. And there will be a summary of these at the end. So anyways, I hope you will enjoy my broadcast and take heart. It's actually going back into the history of part of it and shows you their values. You can uh, sort of get the idea of what goes on in the United States. Um, But anyways, first off, we'll cover the Democratic Party of the 19th century. They supported or tolerated slavery and appointed posed civil rights reforms. After American Civil War, this was done so that the Democrats could obtain the Southern vote. That's why they supported it, because the Southern states really were quite happy with having slavery, and the Democrats, to get elected, they told the Southern people, oh yes, we support this. Yeah, right. The logo by cartoonist Thomas Nest in the 1870s was the donkey. So therefore, the uh, Democratic Party decided that they would adopt this as their uh, logo, which is quite a bit. The Democratic Party is the oldest party in the United States of America, and its roots date back to 1792. Republicans like Thomas Jefferson adopted the name Republicans. They were anti-monocle viewing. In other words, they wanted nothing to do with the English English monarchy period. And they wanted a decentralized government and government to be limited in its powers. But however, on the other side, Alexander Hamilton, the Federalist Party, favored a strong federal government. Jefferson developed a group called the Anti-Federalist and favored the Bill of Rights with the U.S. Constitution of the United States of America. The Federalists at this time called Jefferson fascism. Actually, no, excuse me. I will re-correct that statement. The Federalists called Jefferson's faction the Democratic-Republican Party. Federalists like John Adams was first elected president in 1796. The Republican Party first served as the first opposition party. 1798, the Republicans adopted the decisive Democratic-Republican label as the official name of their organization or party. 1800, Adams was defeated by Jefferson. There was a prolonged period from 1800 to 1808 where Jefferson was president. 1808 to 1816, Madison was president. 1860 to 1820, James Monroe. 1820, the Federalist Party 
faded from the national politics. Democratic-Republicans became the sole major party in the United States at that time. By 1820, new states entered into the Union, and voting laws became more relaxed. States passed legislation that gave direct election of the pres presidential, which was the forerunner to the Electoral College. Prior to this, the elector Electoral College had been appointed by the state legislatures. That was the representatives who voted for the president at that time. These changes split the Democratic Republic, Republican Party into two factions, which in 1824, the factions nominated their first candidate for the U.S. presidency. This was the starting and the birth of the Democratic Party at this point in time. The Congressional Congress Caucus nominated William H. Crawford of Georgia for president. Andrew Jackson, leader of the two, Factions. Um, he was also nominated. John Quincy Adams, the largest faction, also sought the presidency. Henry Clay of the House of Representatives was nominated by Kentucky and Tennessee as the House Speaker. Jackson won the popular vote as well as the Electoral College vote. No candidate received a majority of the Electoral College votes. At this time, Clay finished fourth in the election in the election results. The results of the election went to the House of Representatives as per the Constitution. Clay was eliminated from the consideration, but he threw his support to Adams, who won the House vote, in turn appointed Clay Secretary of State. Well, isn't that pretty much what they do today? You uh, scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. Despite Adams' victory, Adams and Jackson's factions persisted with differences. Adams' supporters represented Eastern interest, so they called themselves the National Republicans. Jackson's strength lay in the South and the West, and he referred to his, fo his followers as simply Democrats or as the Jackson Democrats. 1828, Jackson defeated Adam in a presidential election. 1832, Baltimore, Maryland counties first held their first national convention in, in that state. And the year before the first... Okay, in 1832, Baltimore, Maryland held the country's first national political convention. And the year before that, there had been a convention held by the anti-Masonic movement. Jackson was nominated to run for president, and the party platform form ruled that the president and vice president nominees must receive two-thirds of the votes of the national convention delegates. The rule was later repealed in 1936. This seceded to the veto power vote or selection process to the minority factions. This rule often required conventions to hold several ballot votes to come up with a presidential nominee. However, in 1924, John W. Davis made more than 100 
ballots to secure a nomination. Jackson won re-election, and the opponents called him Jackson, Jackson King Andrew. Opponents joined with former National Republicans in 1834 to form the Whig Party. The Whig Party was the name for which the English called the political faction that happened that had opposed absolute monarchy in the 17th century. Slavery and the emergence of the bipartisan system. Between 1828 to 1856, the Democrats ruled the White House for from 1840 to 1848. Democrats in 1844 adopted their name. There was much internal stress on the issue of slavery being promoted and slavery to the Western territories. Northern Democrats, led by Stephen Douglas, ad advocated each territory have a referendum. However, Southern Democrats, led by Jefferson Davis, wanted to allow slavery in all territories. Slavery was, a, was an issue that split the Democrats in 1860 at the presidential convention. Southerners nominated John C. Breckinridge, and Northern, Northern Democrats nominated Stephen Douglas. John Bell for the Constitutional Union Party was nominated. 1854, anti-slavery Republican Party had Abe Lincoln. This party was unrelated to Jefferson's Republicans of the decades earlier. It's at this point that the Democrats became split. Lincoln received 40% of the national vote. Douglas and Breckinridge received 24% and 18% consecutively. 1860 was considered to be a critical election. However, in 1824, this is where the House chose the president at this time. This election established a two-party system. Federal elections from 1870 to 1890, the parties were about roughly the same balanced. Democrats ruled the South and, became, and because they blamed the Republican Party for the lack of support and what was going on with slaves. American Civil Rights Civil War in 1861 to 1865 and the Reconstruction Era of 1865 to 1877 did try to make some improvements in the well-being of the, of the black people. Both parties controlled the Congress for equal periods in the 19th century. The Democrats at this only held the presidency two terms of Grover, Grover Cleveland from 1885 to 1889 and 1893 to 18, or 1897, 1897. Sorry. However, after the Civil War, there was intimidation and repressive legislation was designed to prevent newly enfranchised African Americans from voting despite the 15th Amendment. The South remained staunchly Democratic for almost a century, and at this time Cleveland's second term, the United States sank into a deep economic depression. The Democratic Party at this time was opposed, opposed interest of big business against protective tariffs, favored cheap money, policies and wanted to maintain low interest rates. And there was difficult transition to the progressivism. This, uh, the other, the second critical election was in 1876. 
Democrats were split over the issue of free, free slaves and the populist programs. Byron, presidential candidate for the Democrats, lost to Republican William McKinley. However, McKinley supported high tariffs and a money backed by the gold standard. From 1896 to 1932, the Democrats only held the presidency only two terms, from 1913 to 1921, and that was with Woodrow Wilson. 1912, Woodrow Wilson won because he became the Republicans, because the Republicans were so divided. However, Howard Taft, the official nominee, and Theodore Roosevelt, a former Republican was the candidate for the Bull Moose Party. Wilson supported economic reforms, breaking up big business monopolies and broader federal regulations of banking and industry. Wilson's idealism and internationalism was not attractive to the voters at this time. 1920 were a boom years. The Democrats lost the presidential election 1920 to 1924 and 1928. However, after 1929, which there was the uh, stock market crash, there became the thing that called the New Deal Coalition. It, this was a critical election in 1932. Franklin Delano Roosevelt, the Democrats, replaced the, replaced the Republicans throughout the country. Democrats in 1932 replaced the Republicans in a majority throughout the U.S., both North and South. This was the start of the New Deal. Social programs were born, Social Security, and into starting with a minimum wage. Roosevelt forged ahead with the coalitions, farmers and northern city dwellers, and organized labor, and European immigrants and liberals and intellectuals and reformers. Democrats held the presidency from 1930 to 1945, when uh, Roosevelt, unfortunately, he died in, uh, in office in uh, 1945, just before the end of the war. He was the only president to serve more than two terms. No one, no one else has ever done it. The death of President Roosevelt led to Harry S. Truman, the vice president, taking over from 1945 to 1952. Truman won, narrowly won the election in 1948. This then became start of the civil rights era. Dwight D. Eisenhower, Supreme Allied Commander during World War II, had distinguished himself and became the president of the United States from 1952 to 1960. However, he defeated Adlai Stevenson in 1952 and in 1956 for the, uh, for the presidency. Democrats regained the White House in 1960 when John F. Kennedy was defeated Richard Nixon by a very narrow margin. Richard was vice president from 1952 to 1960. Democrats championed civil rights, racial dis dis desegregation under Truman, and Kennedy and Lyndon Johnson was Kennedy's vice president. However, Johnson became the president of the United States after John Kennedy was assassinated November 22, 1963, 
Johnson was able to get through the Civil Rights Act of 1964 and the Voting Rights of 1965. The Democrats lost favor with many of the southern, southern states. Civil rights split legislatures along regional lines in the 1950s and 60s. However, southern senators used a parliamentary tactic called a filibuster, and the filibusters are used in the Senate to get concessions on a bill or, or kill it, one of the two. Southern senators tried to block the passage of the Civil Rights Act in 1964. Johnson in 1964 defeated Barry Goldwater, and however, Johnson's popularity waned over the Vietnam War. Johnson's did not run for election in 1968. Robert Kennedy was the leading candidate for the Democratic Party for the presidential race, but however, in 1968 in June, he was assassinated too, the same as his brother. Many Southern Democrats supported the candidacy of Alabama George C. Wallace, who was an opposed to the federally mandated racial integration. 1968, Humphrey was, the, was soundly defeated by Nixon in the Electoral College. Humphrey in another state in, in the states only carried Texas, and that was the only one that he won in the South. Watergate seemed to consume uh, both Nixon and his uh, vice president Spiro Agnew. Spiro Agnew had to resign because of income tax fraud, and Nixon was caught up in a scheme where they'd broken into the uh, headquarters of the of the Democratic Party, and they were caught. And he was it was proven that he was aware of it, so he resigned instead of being impeached. The Democrats lost four of the five presidential elections. 1972, George S. McGovern lost to Nixon in a one of the biggest landslide electoral victories in history. However, in 1976, the uh, Democrats managed to regain the White House, and we had a one-term wonder, the peanut farmer, Jimmy uh, Carter. He was from Georgia. He was probably one of the. He was the worst president in the United States, next to the bungling Joe Biden that we've got now. However, Gerald R. Ford was nominally nominally defeated in the presidential election in the following year. Ford was Nixon's successor. Jimmy Carter defeated Gerald Ford in 1976, as we've already said. Carter was really a lame duck president. He orchestrated the Camp David Accord between Israel and Egypt. And the Iranians had kidnapped Americans and prolonged their captivity. At this time, the American economy was a very, very sluggish one. Ronald Reagan won the election, the presidential election in 1980 and 1984. Walter Mondale lost to Reagan. And however, Geraldine A. Ferrero was the first woman on the national ticket. She was running as vice president. George Bush defeated Michael Dukakis in 1988. And in 1970 and 1980s, they controlled both houses of the Congress. However, in 1992, Arkansas Governor Bill Clinton, better known as Slick Willie, or Pecker Pants, uh, recaptured the White House, and he defeated George Bush. Uh, Clinton supported international 
trade agreements. He was willing to reduce social progress to reduce the deficit. The position, however, this position uh, turned off the Democrats, the left wing's uh, side of the party, who were traditional supporters of organized labor. However, Bill Clinton remained in the White House from 1992 to the year 2000. However, in 1994, they lost control of both houses because of the pub their public health care plan. In the second term in the office, there was an economic prosperity not seen since the 1920s. Clinton was impeached because of a scandal of him having a relationship with an intern. Impeach started in 1998, and in the Senate acquitted him in 1998. Al Gore was the Democratic nominee for president in the year 2000. Gore won the popular vote by 500,000 more than George Bush Jr. The Supreme Court ordered a halt to the counting disputed ballots. George Bush got Florida the 25 electoral votes that he needed to win the presidency. John Kerry in 2004 was narrowly defeated by Bush in the popular vote and, for, and in the Electoral College. However, the election between George Bush and Al Gore was in, held in dispute for quite a while. It was about six to eight weeks before anyone was able to declare be declared the winner. We must remember at this time that Jeb Bush, George Bush's brother, was governor of uh, Florida. So we can see what happens. The Bush family has quite a long history of, shall we say, misrepresentations of things. However, in 2003, George Bush, along with a few of his other cronies, decided to peddle a little propaganda and they wanted they went in and started the Iraq war the democrats controlled controlled congress and the senate but after two, 2006 the midterms things changed 2008 barack obama became a democratic pre, the democratic's president and they defeated john mccain who was a republican obama was the first black president in the united states at this, the Democrats increased their majority in both houses. Democrats gained victory in, in the courts because of a, a battle in Minnesota over one of the Senate seats. Al Franken is a member of the state's Democratic Farmer Labor Party. Franken in office and the Democrats in Senate supported by two independents would be able to exercise the filibuster proof proof majority in 2010 democrats lost the filibuster proof when a democratic candidate lost the election to finish the term of ted kennedy who who passed away from brain cancer democrats control of the congress was short-lived there was a swing of 60 seats, the largest since 1948. Republicans did this in the midterms of 2010. Democrats controlled the Senate, and many Democrats who were elected in 2006 and 2010 were defeated. 
Many longtime Democrats felt that the wrath of votes over a poor economy and a high unemployment. The swing of the election was seen as a referendum on the policies of the Obama administration. The populist upsurge around the Republican Party known as the Tea Party movement. The Tea Party was a conservative social political movement that started in 2009. They opposed excessive tax taxation from the government, government intervention, and in the private sector they supported a stronger immigration control. However, the Democrat Party fared a little better in 2012. Obama defeated Mitt Romney in 2012. Little change in the Congress between the two parties. Democrats had the majority in the Senate, and the Republicans were, were unable to control the Congress. However, the Senate regained midterm elections in 2014. And 2016, Hillary was the Democratic nominee for president. She was the first woman to run for the top job. Clinton lost in an electoral college. Trump won it in one of the largest upsets in U.S. electoral history. The Republican 2016 controlled both Congress and Senate. 2018 midterms, the Democrats retook the Congress in what was described as a blue wave. And 2020 during the election of the pandemic generated the largest turnout in American history. However, in 2020, the election during the pandemic generated the largest turnout in American history. 150 million ballots were filled out. Joe Biden defeated Donald Trump. Biden won the popular vote, vote by 5 million votes. He won the Electoral College. Biden won holding on to states captured by Hillary Clinton. Biden won back states like Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin. Democrats attempted to take the Senate. The Democrats controlled the Congress, but these majorities shrank significantly. Uh, to sum up my uh, broadcast here, I'm just going to read off a few of the items that are the differences between the Republican and the Democratic Party. For example, their philosophy for the Democrats is left, left liberal leaning. Your Republicans, conservative, right leaning. Economic ideas, minimum wage, and progressive taxation, higher taxes for higher income brackets, born out of anti federalist ideals, but evolved over time to favor government regulation. This is your Democrats there on this point. They believe taxation shouldn't be increased for anyone, including the wealthy, and that the wages should be set by the free market. This is your Republican. Social and human ideas based on community and social responsibility. And the Republicans are based on individual rights and justice. Stance on military issues. Decreased spending. Republican increased spending. Stance on gay. Some, some Democrats support, some disagree. And as far as the Republicans pose some and some disagree. You know, this is a split down the middle on that one. And then we have the stance on abortion. 
should uh, Roe versus Wade be uh, remain legal? And according to the Republicans, no, it should not be legal except in some except in some cases. And this is Roe versus Wade. There is there's the stance on the death penalty. Some Democrats believe in it, but they're more inclined now to sentence people to longer sentences in jail. And the majority of Republicans support, support the death penalty. When it comes to the stance on government regulations, they feel it's, the Democrats feel it's a need to protect the consumer, consumers. However, the Republicans hinder free, feel that regulations hinder the capitalism and the job growth. However, the Democrats on health care, they feel that the government should have a strong support in the health care system, whereas the uh, Republicans believe in private enterprise like insurance companies and stuff like that. Now, the stance on immigration is that they should have a moratorium on deporting undocumented immigrants. But, however, Republicans are against amnesty for undocumented immigrants, period. Anyways, I'd like to wind it up by saying thank you very much for listening to my broadcast, and I hope that you enjoyed it. It's a bit of history in there, and uh, again, I will be producing more in the future, but I'm going to try and do a lot more interviews over the next little while so I can talk to people, get an idea of feel of life and what's going on because I think it's important that we kind of talk to people that are out there that are working and like you or myself and I would hope that you'll stay tuned and tune in more often and I'm definitely going to try and put more podcasts out in the future in fact I will okay I want to thank you again for your time and your attention and please stay tuned